Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Aggression, confidence, not 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 a bunch different schematically than, than the first half. Just thought we were rattled. And again, credit Bama. Deflections and forcing turnovers just made some – we also helped them with some poor decisions. But just – just settled in and just played with a different level of confidence, more so than anything else in the second half. That was Florida coach Mike White discussing his team's comeback victory and double OT over Alabama. That was the largest rally in school history. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we will recap that game and break down Florida, South Carolina with Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. As we mentioned, Saturday against the Crimson Tide was the largest comeback the Gators have ever had Mike White, really impressed with what the Gators were able to do, but also some concerns about the fact that they were down by 21 points. So some things to work on in practice before they hit the road tonight against the Gamecocks. That game will tip off tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. Here was my conversation with Graham Hall this week as we break down that game and recap Florida's win over Alabama. We now welcome in Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun, talking Florida hoops once again as the Gators get a historic win over the weekend to open SEC play, double overtime, 104 to 98 against Alabama. Graham was in the O-Dome to witness what was an incredible game, I think, for fans and media alike. Graham, welcome back into Lockdown Gators. Thanks for joining us again. First off, thanks for having me back here. Always my pleasure. You do a great job with the podcast. I encourage everyone to check it out. Every new episode always has something interesting that I find out when I listen. You know, Zach, I got to say, never in doubt, I would like to say that if you were one of the hundred plus people pouring out of the O-Dome before Florida rallied from eight points down in the final two minutes, they were down by five with 30 seconds to play. So I understand how unlikely the circumstances really were for Florida to rally. Noah Locke stealing the inbounds pass at the very end, driving for the layup, tying the game up, sending it to overtime. Florida only led once in regulation before they won that game by six points, ultimately. A game that I must add, they wouldn't have won if it wasn't for some extremely solid free throw shooting, some solid defense. And I mentioned that Noah Locke steal. That's just solid play identification. They had seen them run that inbounds play multiple times throughout the game. They'd seen a similar one against Utah State in the team's loss down in Sunrise three weeks earlier. So they were prepared for that. So obviously that's a sign of a team that is making some improvements when it comes to seizing the moment, realizing when there's a a sense of urgency. Uh, And hopefully for Mike White and Gator fans, this game is a a turning point for this team now heading into their second SEC game against South Carolina. Now there was, I think, a lot of folks maybe in that first half and throughout the game Saturday that were probably worried about where things were at with this basketball team, given the way that Alabama was able to get in front. Before we talk about the comeback and the rally that they were able to pull off and how they did it, why did the Gators get themselves in that hole against Alabama? And how concerning could that be that that they might find themselves in a similar situation during SEC play? I think it really comes down to a lack of overall confidence, if you ask me, uh, in, in many areas not just trusting the offensive game plan, trusting their teammates. I don't think people realize, but the five freshmen, the three sophomores, and Kerry Blackshear, before this season, 
those guys had just played 212 games together, and that was all just last season. This is a team still trying to find ways to play with each other. They're still gelling. Everyone loves using that buzzword chemistry. It's a little bit of a cliche, but they're still trying to learn how to play with a, a big man like Kerry Blackshear Jr. That's a very foreign concept for some of these guys, especially the sophomores, and, and you're still kind of seeing them rounding into form. Andrew Nemhard, you know, you mentioned the first half, the way he played in the first half compared to the way he played in the second half and overtime period, I think really was a microcosm of Florida as a whole. He was doing a little bit in the first half, but it wasn't enough and, and, and really wasn't playing with as much confidence and decisiveness as you would have liked from your starting point guard. This was him coming in after having a career-high 13 assists in the team's previous game against Long Beach State, so expectations were a little bit high, but he certainly answered the call in the second half when they started using high screens and the dribble handoff to really beat what Alabama was doing on defense, and, and really get, you got to give Mike White a whole lot of credit for his halftime adjustments. You know, we often talk about Dan Mullen and his halftime adjustments and how Florida was able to rally from so many games to end up victorious there. Well, you have to give Mike White a whole lot of credit. The Gators were down by 21 with two minutes until halftime. They cut it to 14, and then they end up winning that game that no one thought that they could win. You no. don't do that unless you have a coach who understands how to break down the other team's defense and who can kind of work the officials. We saw that in the second half. Florida was not getting any calls there in the first half. And then in the second half, Mike White gets a technical foul. Kerry Blackshear Jr. picks up four fouls. Keontae Johnson picks up four fouls. And Florida still manages to get 15 of the last 20 calls. I don't know how they played the rest of the game with both of those guys having four fouls. That just doesn't happen, especially with Blackshear. It's extremely impressive because you're bound to get a ticky-tack foul just from positioning in college basketball to play 18 of the last 21 minutes with four fouls and still manage to keep Alabama out of the paint. I mean, they were settling off-balance jump shots. They weren't getting anything easy. You would think that with your two front court options having four fouls, Alabama would have tried to beat them inside in the post, and they were trying to do that a good bit, but Florida, you have to give them a whole lot of credit on defense. They were closing out and denying a whole lot of what Alabama was trying to do and, yeah. and get Florida's leaders out of the game. And honestly, I felt like at definitely at some point late in the second half, they were picking on Blackshear on the offensive end because they knew that he had one foul away from being fouled out. And he did a really good job of sometimes having to pull off and just let guys go by him without committing that foul. But if you remember late in that game, like you said, they tried to penetrate, and he got a really key block there that allowed Florida to get a defensive stop. We mentioned the career-high game for Andrew Nemhard. He definitely led that charge in the second half, but Blackshear, one of three Gators to finish in double-double figures, he's now just the ninth player in the White and Donovan era to have seven-plus double-doubles in a season. So Pretty incredible company that he's put himself in, and he's really, I think, starting to come on here as a Gator. Yeah, especially considering we're not even at the midpoint. I mean, he's bound to finish with, you know, knock on wood, double-digit double-doubles at this rate. Speaks to his versatility, and you really speak to Coach Mike White and, and his teammates about what Blackshear does extremely well, and, and they're not going to nail really one thing uh, or single him out. You know, everyone will say his passing, his outside touch, his feel of the game, his basketball IQ. Everyone seems to have something different that they point to about what the best quality that he has. He's just an all-around extremely solid basketball player who gives you his best every single night. And I think that if the team can keep getting better at, at playing around him and playing through him and using him as an advantage, you know, they're still not hitting outside shots and, and playing inside out as much as they can 
with Blackshear in the post. So really this team, they still haven't hit their ceiling or, or really approached it offensively. He's working harder than than really he should have to if guys were hitting shots. So there's still a whole lot of promise. I mean, we're sitting here talking about a team that just scored 104 points and 100 points back-to-back games. 100 too. points in back-to-back games for the first time since November 2017. So certainly it's kind of hard to say, oh man, they still haven't even hit anywhere near their peak offensively. And, and that's why I think a lot of people were so excited about this team coming into the season, Zach. Yeah, no doubt. And then one more guy that we need to mention before we kind of move on from this SEC opener, and that was the play of Scotty Lewis. The five-star freshman had a breakout performance against the Crimson Tide, 15 points, a career high, 10 rebounds, the first double-double of his career. He earns SEC Freshman of the Week. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from that game, aside from just his overall play, was the energy that he had on the court. And I saw Alex Shepard, photographer, mentioned that in the first half, Lewis was getting taunted by the Alabama bench and players were mocking him saying that he can't make shots. And you saw in that second half that he really kind of flipped the switch and I think showed what he's capable of. And I think that's a really welcome sight for Florida fans to see is him starting to come into his own. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because Scotty Lewis's offensive progression is a storyline this season that is something to watch. That was in the scouting report for Alabama. They they were going to leave Scotty Lewis open from anywhere from 18 to 25 feet because yeah. they don't believe that he has a good consistent shot. He did hit consistent jump shots. He had a three-pointer, uh, hit some nice tough mid-range shots, especially in a stretch there where uh, him and Quez Glover really gave Florida, I think, 13 unanswered points there to keep them alive when Alabama was kind of surging back and trying to prevent that comeback by Florida. You got to give Lewis a whole lot of credit. Everyone knew that he was a great personal defender. Uh, He's becoming a very good team defender, and he's improving his offensive game every single night. If he can become a consistent threat from outside, combine that with the offensive talents and his athleticism, he's going to be, I I don't want to say a one and done, but better than I think a lot of people thought a few weeks ago when he was struggling to get on the court for Florida. But that's really how it is often with freshmen. They need to get their feet wet. Sometimes they need 10 to 15 games to have the game slow down where they can adjust to the speed. Took Bradley Bill time. Exactly. I think a lot of people think that freshmen come in instantly and and ball, and and while some do, and you look at Anthony Edwards at at Georgia, he's more of an outlier. Uh, Freshmen need time to develop and and physically, and and especially when you get into SEC play here. Mentally, yeah. They're going to hit a wall where fatigue is really going to set in. Everyone's injured. Playing through injuries is often a foreign concept when you're a guy who a year ago was the star on your basketball team, and, and your coach did everything they could to prevent you from getting injured and and keep you fresh. So certainly a lot that Florida dealing with, like I said, five freshmen moving forward has to deal with. But if they can keep playing the way that they played against Alabama, Zach, I think this is a team that is going to be just fine come tournament time. We're speaking with Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. Moving forward now, Graham, the Gators are nine and four. They move on into SEC play, a road test at South Carolina tonight. But where do you assess where this team is at right now? And Specifically speaking to the Alabama game, it remains to be seen what it could mean for this team moving forward. But I I do think that we can say if this group ends up having an impressive run, maybe wins a conference title, maybe goes far in the tournament, that we might be able to point back to this Alabama game as one of the moments where this team kind of discovered what it can be. Exactly. I think that's what it is. I think it's obviously way too early to say that it's a turning point because that is only determined by what comes after. Yeah. But in a few weeks, we could certainly look back and say, 
that that stretch is an incredibly important to way the way the team's playing right now. I think of it as the way that we look at that South Carolina game in, in 2018 in the Dan Mullen era, the way that Felipe Franks and the Gators rallied in the second half there before winning those three games and winning the Peach Bowl and, and leading to what culminated in an 11-win season in 2019. Sometimes you need one of those sparks to kick your confidence back into gear and, and get you going again and I think that that's what this Florida team needs if they can go into South Carolina and beat South Carolina on the road a Frank Martin coach team that I don't know if many people remember they may have tried to black this out of their memory but this (laughs) South Carolina team beat Florida at the buzzer in pretty embarrassing fashion in Gainesville last year went all the way the length of the court when the Gators thought that they had just won the game themselves so certainly and, and that guy's back starting for the Gamecocks as well tonight so certainly Florida may have revenge on their minds those three sophomores that started off a, a pretty dismal SEC stretch for that Gators team. Uh, left a bad taste in their mouth. So certainly they may be looking for revenge. But if anything that they can take away from the Alabama game that I think immediately, it'd be the way that they ran that offense. Yeah. Andrew Emhart, I think he gets a fair amount of criticism for how slow he tends to play and set up the offense, but he is a decisive point guard when he puts the ball to the full yes. floor and dribbles to the hole. And, and He's I got think court you, vision. You can say both of those things. They're not mutually exclusive, and, and he did that extremely well. They have to find a way to get to the basket. If it's not Keontae Johnson, if it's not Kerry Blackshear Jr. who's able to get layups, it's got to be Andrew Nemhard because it can't just be jump shots because that means they're going to be very easy to figure out. And defensively, they're not making the defense work too much if they're only settling for in outside jump shots. Shots, and they're going to leave their opponent with fresh legs the entire time, which is going to make it very hard for them to close out games here. So certainly if, if they can keep doing what they did against Alabama and get to the basket, get fouled. I mean, they made 30 of 36 free throw attempts. If they can make shots at the charity stripe, this is going to be a very, very good team. And we heard from Mike White on Monday. What do you feel like his pulse is for where his guys are at coming off this big win? He, I think he tried to downplay some of the you know stellar performances he said Scotty Lewis, well, good for him, but we're not going to get crazy over individual awards. But it's been an up-and-down season, I think, for Mike. Where, where do you feel like he's at right now? Yeah, I think he's cautiously optimistic that they are starting to turn a corner, but you deal with so many young guys that I keep mentioning. Mike opened his press conference talking about how he has to remind some of these kids that it's time to put their phone away in meetings and turn their phone over and turn their phone in at practice and stuff that – he never would have had to think about dealing with when he was playing at Ole Miss in the 90s. So certainly there's a whole lot there. I think that anytime you're coaching that many young kids, you can't take anything for granted and say, oh, this is going to be continuous. So Mike can't really get complacent and say, oh, we've turned a corner and I can stop doing all these little things and these monitoring things of of the freshmen that I've been doing. Which has to be frustrating because at one point you would just want to feel like your guys have gotten over that hump, but you can never feel like that with a group of freshmen. I don't think any coach can really ever feel like that if if you have Florida's expectations, no matter the age of the group. You should be having those high standards. I mean, you remember Billy Donovan locking the gym for former five-star guys like Chandler Parsons. I mean, it's not so far removed that if you aren't playing up to the standard, even if, you know, no matter your age, if you aren't giving 100% in practice, the coach will kind of come down on you in some way. And every coach has their own thing. And for Mike White, he's not a huge guy who's going to yell at you and scream. He's kind of like that parent who just really lets it know that you, you've just disappointed me. You've let me down. And, and that's kind of ultimately one of the worst things. And, and I think that Mike right now is showing his group that you did a good job but there's nothing worth celebrating right now. We can celebrate at the end of the season 
when you can do this consistently, but Florida hasn't showed that they can do anything, one thing, offensively, consistently from game to game. And until they do that, uh, Mike's going to keep asking them to turn their phones in. Yeah, and as as much as you can get happy about the fact that they were able to rally and have this historic comeback, they also had to battle back from 21 points down and put themselves in that position. And that's what he said Monday. I, Yeah, it's great that we came back, but I hope we never find ourselves in that situation again where we're down by 21 points. So we'll figure out with this team uh, as it plays out. I'm looking forward to what we see from them tonight. Always good to go against Frank Martin. That's going to be an entertaining matchup. So Graham, thanks once again for joining us. Make sure everybody goes and reads him on Gatorsports.com and in the Gainesville Sun. Appreciate Graham, as always, for his time and perspective. And here's some comments from Florida coach Mike White with his thoughts on the Gamecocks and the challenge that Frank Martin and his team will present on the road tonight. Tip it up in Columbia. That's it. I, I don't. You, we can't simulate it. We're not simulating it out there. We've, we've got uh, you, know, you, you got a certain amount of guys in practice. I, I really don't. I guess you have a decision whether or not you, you, you can even try to simulate their defense, which you're, now you're creating bad habits for us because we play a different type defense. Uh, if we had about 28 walk-ons out there that were really fast and tough and aggressive um, and you had a chance to, to rep it every day for a few months, maybe you could, but it, uh, just not going to happen. Uh, when it's tipped, our guys will understand a few minutes into the game that it's just a different, it's a different deal. Um, it's different... Uh, than what they've experienced, uh, not only from uh, from the standpoint of how South Carolina plays, how they defend, how they rebound, how they execute, uh, but just an SEC road game uh, in itself, I, I think, will be um, a challenge, of course, for all these guys. With these guys, they, I mean, they've proven that um, they can play with anybody in the country to go on the road um, and win at Clemson, to go on the road and win at Virginia. Um, that's who we're anticipating playing against um, a team that's um, year in and year out really competitive in this league a final four program you know uh, their, their big kid coach are played in a final four you know and, and he's still there um, that's that's the program and the team that we're anticipating going up against uh, the the other game I just think was a was a fluke you know and credit Donnie and, and those guys um, stuff happens in college basketball that was just one of those games That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we recap Florida's win over Alabama with Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun and preview tonight's game against South Carolina. On tomorrow's show, we will recap that matchup and discuss some Florida football recruiting. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.